Hey everyone, welcome to our Women Are Here podcast. My name is Alana Mallon. And I am Sambal Siddiqui and we are Cambridge City Councilors. I know we're not saying two new Cambridge City Councilors anymore. I know, I, I figured... Are we still new though? Yeah, you're right. We're two, you know, it's been three months, four months. <laughs> four? <laughs> it's May. It's still early. Okay. I have a really exciting news for all of our listeners. We're joined today by a special guest star, our second guest star, Sarah Stanton, who's the budget director for the city of Cambridge. The primary responsibility of the budget director department, which I'm just going to read for all you newbies like us, is to prepare the annual operating and capital budget for submission by the city manager and the city council as required by Chapter 44 of the Massachusetts General Laws. Uh, The budget department is also involved in the preparation of official statements and other related documents for bond sales, which mini bond sales, I'm sure you guys all remember those. The calculation of the tax rate, super important. Uh, Grant reconciliations, CPA analyses, maintaining the computerized benchmark system, preparation of financial statements, which are all the basis of the comprehensive annual financial report that I think Sarah actually brought with her. I don't know if she just brings it do I you just bring carry it, it with me. You everywhere. just bring it everywhere. And the preparation of appropriation and transfer recommendations. Office staff continually work with each department and members of the public providing financial information and advice. Phew. Okay, I'm done. Did we forget PB, though? Is participatory budgeting on there? Because oh, that's a no. big part of the budget office. That, too. That, too. You lost awesome me at budget, part. to be honest. Yeah, no, I know. Just kidding. Actually, when we were talking about having you on, Sumbul and I were both talking about how we would. We need a little help, like managing our checkbook and our finances. Excellent. Is that why you're here? Or yes. You're... Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, for personal <laughs> money management. <laughs> I would love that. Uh, well, welcome, Sarah. We're so happy to have you with us. Uh, this is very timely because Alana and I just had our first set of budget hearings yesterday, and we we survived. We survived. It you was survived and thrived. I would say. Oh, well, they're successful, guys. Oh, well, there's still day another one. day. There's still one more day. We could totally tank next week, but mm-hmm. um, I think before we get into this budget. I think we have some important questions to ask yes, you. So yeah. one of the things we like to know is, what is your favorite TV show? I mean, we ask this because both Sumble and I have slightly different tastes. I love murder shows, and Sumble likes friendship shows and love. And so we're wondering where you fall on that particular spectrum of television. I would say my uh, favorite show is very on brand. I'm a big West Wing enthusiast, oh, okay. which is a little vintage, but I also feel like very apropos considering... The country's climate, uh, and it's also very on brand with my job. I'm also a big fan of Parks and Recreation. Oh, Again, okay. yep, very on brand. So in West Wing, who would be your character double? Oh, so I think in my mind, I view myself as a Josh Lyman. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, in reality, I don't know if I'm that smooth. I'm definitely that foul-mouthed, which is probably not good. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I would say I'm probably in my own mind a Josh Lyman. I I feel like that's that's goals. That's hashtag right? goals. Yeah, totally. I'm working towards it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And then we have another question. Yeah. So what's your favorite song singer? So I'm diehard Springsteen fan. It is the fuel for budget season, the fuel for all good decisions. I like to have it on the background, really sets the tone uh, for the budget process. So the boss. The boss is is yeah. the boss in my life. Yep. I have a funny story about the boss. Um, when I was in high school, um, Rick Springfield was on General Hospital. This is bringing it back, ladies. Both of you guys are like not. So anyways, Rick Springfield, who was like a pop star at that time, was coming on to General Hospital. And I remember telling my mom, who was very cool, she was like a really cool mom, that Bruce Springsteen, because I got it wrong, right, mm-hmm. was on General Hospital. And she was like, no way the boss is going to be on daytime TV. And I was like, oh, my mom is cooler than me. 
interesting fact, though, about the boss, um, he has actually been in East Cambridge Institution Atwood's Tavern. Um, he was there. His children go to college in Massachusetts, and I, the owner specifically, did not tell me he was there. Because what a jerk! I would not be able to contain my fangirl. Patrick with the McGee, boss. we are not friends anymore. Oh We're still God, friends, rude. but it still hurts. You know that memory. How can you get over that? I don't it's think been that's super something. hard. It's also <laughs> fair because I think I probably would have ruined his experience with asking questions about like who for you was written for and right, right, you know unhelpful stuff for the boss on and a Friday I'm, night. And I'm sure that Atwoods would like to continue having his patronage and having that unfortunate experience that might have happened. Right. And they know my friendship is not going anywhere. So the right. boss, on they the made other a hand, choice. makes a choice. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. I love the boss. I mean, I think my favorite video is the one where um, Courtney Cox yes. is like pulled up into the audience. That's mm-hmm. how she kind of started her career. And so that's how I found out about the boss because I was obsessed with friends. <laughs> I know. I'm so pathetic, but... <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. See, and any entree is a good entree Exactly. And I think you also have fantasies about being pulled on stage. We have talked about that. Oh, yeah, I have. With Celine Dion. <laughs> okay, yeah. I did have a dream that <laughs> I went to Celine Dion's concert, and she got me out of the audience, and I got to hug her. And Celine? Yeah. And I, I had a shirt that I was wearing that said, like, Can't, will you hug me? And she pulled me out. Anyway, you should, I mean, I know Celine Dion is not everyone's favorite, but she gives me life. Okay. My heart will go on. (laughs) All right. Well, moving on to more important topics like the, a little bit about you. Mm -hmm. Um, So tell us where you're from and how you ended up in Cambridge because you're new here just like us. I am. Yeah. I grew up in uh, Groveland, Massachusetts, which is where exactly right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sort of near Newburyport. Oh, uh, nice. North of the city. Uh, I currently live in Salem, Massachusetts. I was the chief financial officer for the city of Salem for five years. Prior to that, I had worked uh, for the city of Woburn and the town of Ipswich. So I'm sort of a North Shore gal by heart. Uh, But I did live in Cambridge for six, seven, six years uh, prior to moving up to Salem. And so I am new. This is my ninth month. So you commute here every day. Yeah. That sounds fun. It's such a nice time. No, it's good. I go so early so I can see the sunrise and the sunset in Cambridge. So it's a good, it's it's good. Good bookends for your day. Yes. Yes. So why Cambridge? I mean, what what drew you here? There's nowhere better. I mean, I loved living here. I have a lot of close friends who grew up here and still live here. Um, I think the way that the the city financially manages itself is pretty impressive. Cambridge is known throughout the Commonwealth for being on the cusp, like, always the first for the most innovative projects, always the first for taking a risk on something that other communities won't take a risk on. Um, And for a budget person, Cambridge is the ultimate. It's so financially well-managed. It's been financially well-managed for an extremely long time. Um, The capacity to do meaningful work here, you can't do that everywhere that you can do here. So tell us, you're, this is... It's been eight months since you've been budget Yeah, yeah, director? almost nine. I'm almost a full person. So almost tell us months. about your year. <laughs> you've just dated. <laughs> I just, I've just dated myself. Um, it's been good. It's really like into the fire. So I started uh, last August, launched right into the participatory budgeting process, which was super interesting, and the tax rate all at the same time. Um, I think every budget director should start with PB. It really gave a good insight into the community, their priorities, where things were at. Um, and then I've been working on the budget since December. So it's, it's been good. And now the budget came to us. Yes, yeah. So tell us a little bit about the budget this year and, you know, everything from when you start preparing the budget, you know, what's the most important part, um, you know, provide us with some definitions. You know, we have had to, you you know, go to the glossary many times. So I think our listeners would, you know, love to uh, get a general sense of 
what the budget looks like. Sure. So uh, the Cambridge budget process, I feel like, really starts all year. It's all year, right? We're talking about it all year. There's a real culture here of you know, being uh, fiscally sound-minded. Departments are really working all year to manage the money that they have. But true conversations begin usually in the fall, September, October, within the budget office of what's this year going to look like? Budget kickoff is always set for December, so we have the conversations getting departments ready of, okay, we're going to kick off, let's talk about the needs, the wants, what you're looking at for the next year. We talk about the challenges, right? What's the cost of health insurance? Where's our local aid? Uh, What do we need for roadways and personnel and new initiatives and new ideas? And then we really get down and dirty for the next couple months, right? We're meeting with departments, the city manager, the deputy city manager, the, the city's finance director, my coworkers in the budget office. All of us are just meeting and talking with departments for those couple months, which has been the most, I think, meaningful for me to really see how committed city departments are, the breadth of work that they're doing. Um, the Department of Human Services is it's it's breathtaking what they're able to do uh, with the resources that they have. Same thing with even the smaller departments, right? Historical Commission. It's so interesting mm-hmm. to hear about what they're doing over there and CD and DPW. And we're talking as this goes along about what their capital plans are, but also their operating plans. Okay, what staff is coming back? What staff is still here? Do you need to add positions? Do you want to add positions? Uh, what are we looking at for like additional projects throughout the year? Does that need to be funded? And all of that is kept in mind with the idea of keeping taxes as reasonable as you possibly can. I think um, I have to give a lot of credit to the city manager who, aside from being a great boss, is super intimidating on a million levels because he's this is his 38th budget. Mm-hmm. He was budget director, I think, 25 years. Um, so, you know, not at all experienced in what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> not at all overwhelming. You can't much, pull the wool over that guy's Definitely eyes. not, much like the finance director who was budget director as well. Um, so there, I mean, there's really this overarching feel of like, okay, let's get done as much as we can get done. Let's innovate, let's grow. Um, but let's also be mindful of the fact that we have to keep property taxes at a reasonable level to make sure that we're keeping people here that have worked hard to live here or grown up here or have just moved here. Yeah. I mean, I, why just want to give you a huge shout out for spending so much time with myself and I know counselor Siddiqui as well. Um, we got to sit with you a few times and you've answered so many of our just really, really intelligent questions, I would say. Just kidding. Some of them, <laughs> some of the questions <laughs> I had were like so basic. Um, but I was really impressed by the depth of knowledge you had for every single line item. And I mean, that is a big book and $646 million. 36, Sorry, 636. Yep. See, I told you we need help with the <laughs> Sorry. check budgets and the whole thing. But, um, you know, if you think about $636 million and where all that goes, Sarah, you were like, I mean, I would ask a question about the cost of living increase in the police department and you would, you just have that with facts and figures at your fingertips. And I was so impressed that, you know, as your first budget that you were able to kind of just be that resource for, for us. Sure. I, I really appreciate that. I think, um, I have to give some kudos, right, to my budget office mates. They've had an incredible amount of patience while I ask a lot of questions about what goes into $636 million and a $105 million capital budget. Um, I think the other part is that, you know, when you work for a smaller city, right, that I was going on my fifth budget with the city of Salem, it's different resource capacity, different staff capacity, so you sort of have to learn everything or else you're you're always going to be chasing your own tail. So I think coming here, $636 million is daunting, but it's an incredible amount of work goes into what that is, right? It's all different programs. It's the birth to third partnership. It's your streets getting paved. It's the envelopes that get your tax bills sent out. So, you know, I tried to spend as much time as I could learning and asking questions of departments, probably much to their 
um, chagrin, but I kept the question asking going, which is why I'm always glad to answer questions from you guys because people have been kind enough to do the same for me. Great. Yeah. I think, you know, you've touched on, you know, uh, the question of how to, you know, what, what goes into the budget. I mean, I think I'd love for the listeners to have an example of, you know, there's 105 million dollars towards capital projects. Can you tell us some of some more information about that? Yeah, absolutely. So the capital budget is it's incredible, right? It has a five year plan, which I think is really forward thinking of the city to say, yep, these are the issues that are in front of us right now. But also many of these projects are multi-phased and includes everything from sewer infrastructure improvements in the port to municipal municipal facilities improvements to a new screen for uh, screen on the green for the Department of Human Services. So capital items can be anything from I talked about this with Councillor Mallon door hardware not glamorous, very important to, you know, the building of the King Open School. So it's really a range. And I'd also point out that it's funded by a range of things. Some of it's funded from taxpayer dollars, some is bonded money, some is departmental revenue, right? The fees in which the department is generating goes back to fund capital projects. So I think the for those wanting to do some really interesting, super great reading, I would take a look at the capital section of the budget because it has visuals, which is awesome. I appreciated those. Same here. Um, <laughs> but it also gives great descriptions of this is what happened last year, this is what's going to happen this coming year, and then also this is what we're hoping to accomplish in the next five years. I do think that there was a visual of the door hardware. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, yep. so I was, I was glad about that because... I mean, everybody needs a visual. Right? <laughs> it's like just yeah. really drilled down yes. and, and, and to each level. So I I have some favorites okay. of this budget, but I'm, I'm really curious if there were things that you were really excited about in this budget and you were ex- happy to be working on. I think the thing that's probably overarching right now is I'm kind of excited about all of it, which is not a, a very defined answer, but it's so new and exciting to me. The scale is so amazing to me. The work that gets accomplished is so amazing to me that I think I'm kind of excited about the whole document. Um, I'm obviously excited about the budget section, right? I'm excited about the $900,000 that's getting funded this year for participatory budgeting. Um, but I'm excited about every section. I'm, I, it's that first year glow, right? I, I'm so looking oh, forward. We'll wear you down. I mean, I hope at some point. <laughs> this, can't, this can't last, right? This feeling. Um, you do yeah. look glowing right now. I'm hot. You're I think hot. That might okay. be part it's of a this. hot day today. Uh, it's a hot day today. Um, but yeah, I think I'm excited about all of it. It's it's a big book, and but it's been really great meeting the departments and going like, all right, what goes into your budget? Wow, this is robust and really thoughtful. And I think that's something that the city manager always points out, and I think it's a good point, is that departments really take seriously the money that they have. They know that it's taxpayer funds. They know that they need to be spending it wisely. And I think they spend a lot of time throughout the year being really conscientious about, like, is this the best way to spend the money that we were given? Um, can we conserve funds in one area to make sure that we can fund something else in another? I mean, people are, they take it as if it was their own money, which is exactly what you want from municipal finance. Yeah, and just to go back to taxpayer money, I think it's important to kind of break down where um, all of that $636 million comes from. It doesn't just come from the residents. Absolutely not. So $415 million estimated or so comes from the residents, and that's a number that's fluid, right? So when we set the tax rate, we're going to look at ways to bring that number down so that the property tax burden isn't so high. But there's state money that comes in. There's grant funds that come in. There's departmental revenue that people pay to participate in our programs that comes in. So the full burden of $636 million is definitely not on the taxpayer's shoulders. And I think that is the number that the city manager spends an incredible amount of time uh, looking at and making sure it's reasonable, that it's it's strategic, smart budget growth, not drastic, without you know compromising the good work that's getting done here. 
Yeah, so our commercial tax base is fairly yeah. high, right? So it's like 60 cents on the dollar mm-hmm. um, that gets spent in the city is paid for by our commercial tax base. Yeah. And so this is a fun fact. Who is the number one taxpayer in the city? Do you know? MIT? That's exactly. right. Dang, yeah. Yes. Okay. Ding, ding, okay. ding. Yep. Good. Um, and so, you know, I've, we can talk about pilot, you know, payment in lieu mm-hmm. of taxes, but so, you know, universities do not pay taxes mm-hmm. on educational space. Yep. But MIT owns a ton of actual land that isn't being used. So does Harvard. So both of them are. Yeah. Yep. But so Harvard owns less than MIT? Yeah, they do. They yeah. do. They have a lot in Austin. Oh, that's and right. That's yeah. right. So um, in addition to whatever commercial taxes that they pay, they also have an agreement with the city mm-hmm. called Pilot, which yep. is a payment in lieu of taxes. And maybe you could tell us a little bit. It's so sexy to talk about Pilot. It's real it's dirty, favorite. sexy stuff. <laughs> um, Bob Rudin thinks it's dirty, sexy stuff. He's the city's uh, chief assessor. And I think there's been, and Bob, much like Louie, has been with the city for a long time. And they've really worked diligently to create those agreements. Agreements um, and those payment in lieu, payment in lieu of taxes agreements with those universities um, and larger nonprofits to have that conversation of okay, if you were on the tax rolls, this is what you would be contributing. Um, but since you're not on the tax rolls, let's have a conversation about what is the right amount of money to contribute to the city. And I think there isn't a single person, um, at least that I've encountered in the city, that hasn't said that MIT has been a really meaningful, important partner for the city, important thought partner, important and good neighbor. Um, and I think a lot of good work has been done because of that collaboration. And having a negotiated, clear, established pilot agreement, I think, keeps keeps a great amount of harmony that ha- doesn't exist in all other cities. I can tell, tell you from firsthand experience, it's not always so seamless. And it is here. And that's a testament to a, a lot of good work from a lot of different parties throughout the city. I mean, well, they're the, uh, the largest economic driver of... yeah. Right. I mean, Candle Square, a lot of those places wouldn't even exist without the proximity and yep. relationships with MIT. Yeah. I mean, I look at something like the Volpe Project, which was coming to an end, right? Or an end of discussion when right. I started I was here. Like, it is. Not an end, beginning, what? beginning, <laughs> end of a negotiation, I guess, when I started here. And I think about the work that Aram Farouk and the Community Development Department did on that, working so closely with MIT. I mean, we did our rating agency presentation, and Steve Marsh from MIT had said he spent more time with Aram than members of his own family for a long time trying to get a really meaningful, important deal done for the city. And I think that speaks to how important it is for the city and for our nonprofit and educational and corporate partners uh, to keep those relationships you know, ever growing. I think I've definitely contributed to the revenue for the traffic department. I mean, Same. I've gotten Same so many tickets. So many tickets. Although I get a lot less tickets now that we have that app. The that app thing is has great. saved yeah. my life. Not just because I never have quarters, which I don't, um, but because now it alerts you on your phone mm-hmm. that it's about to run out. And so um, I, I pay a little bit, you know, you pay a little bit more with the app, but it has saved our family and my marriage quite a lot of stress. Yes. <laughs> yep. Because if I, I'm telling you, if I brought home one more parking ticket, I'm big on the like, there's 15 minutes left. They're definitely not going to get right. me. And then every time yeah, on like, Cambridge Street, they do out. get me. Yeah. yeah. So I'm happy to contribute to the cause because at the end of the day, it's, it's better. I wish there were less parking tickets for me, but those are life choices I keep making trying to chance fade. I always say it's going back to the city. So. Exactly. Right. <laughs> you're paying yourself. Yep. You're pay- now you're paying I'm yourself. Basically paying myself. Yeah. Out of the parking fund. The parking fund balance. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so tell us a little bit about the budget office. You mentioned um, some of the hardworking folks that are there. Yeah. I know they sat there with us yesterday, but um, 
We don't really get to hear from, I didn't even really get to hear from you during the, the budget hearings. I was yeah. surprised. Um, we, you know, your office was there kind of observing, but I know that yeah. they had put so much time in it. Oh, so man. tell us a little yeah. bit about uh, We're at the ready. Awesome we might not be speaking at the hearing, okay. but we are ready. We've got binders on binders um, and other technology with us, not just paper. Um, <laughs> you, so, had a, you had a lot of drinks with you too, like a coffee. Uh, yeah, I live soda. and die by hydration. Yeah, okay. um, my significant other jokes that I have never finished an entire glass of anything in my life. Oh, it's same. always like half cans of yep. polar seltzer oh, yeah. throughout the same. house. Why um, drink the whole thing? I, yeah, Gets I mean, warm and no, thank you. Nope. So yeah, I did, I did have four uh, beverages <laughs> at the budget table. Very comical. Goals. So I was Goals. caffeinated. <laughs> the new polar seltzer flavors are amazing. I can't, who, exact, there's new flavors. Counselor. Oh my God. So Which one I, do you have? I have the grapefruit. I'm addicted to seltzer. I mean, it's, it's a problem, uh, but I need to get those flavors. I have some in the fridge in the budget office, so I will gladly oh share them God. with you next thank week. They're you. real good. Um, so yeah, beyond my hydration, uh, the budget office is a force to be reckoned with. Um, you have uh, four people in there with a range of different backgrounds, experiences, and they are hustling, right? They're meeting with departments, um, just to do like a quick little profile of each, right? Uh, Angela Pierre has worked for the city, I think almost 15 years. You know, uh, quiet, you, you won't hear from her at the budget hearings, but she is, ta- she is taking diligent notes, she's in with departments, she's talking things through. She's got all this great institutional knowledge. I'm constantly saying to her like, where did this come from? Can you talk to me? Where did this come from? And memory like a trap. She's on it. She's working hard. And I know the fire department, she spent a lot of time over there working on their budget, traffic and parking. Her and Gardy Laurent, who's the fiscal director for traffic and parking, are like the two best friends because they're constantly going, all right, let's adjust this number. Let's look at this. Uh, Michelle Monsegier, who many of you might know from the PB process. Right. Yep. um, She's worked for the city, I think, four years same thing, another total animal. She will go to every meeting. She'll chase down every lead. Um, she worked on the Department of Human Services budget this year, which is no joke. No joke. Um, mm-hmm. No joke at all. Really large. She and I worked on it together. Um, she spent a lot of time sort of talking things through with Geo, who's their fiscal person over there, um, really learning about things. She's got like a real quench, right? Like she's curious. She wants to learn. And because she ran participatory budgeting for so long, the department sort of they inherently love her because this is the girl that delivers the good news, adult woman, that delivers the good news of like, you're going to get some money. This is great. Um, Justin Casanova Davis uh, was the other PB sort of coordinator in the office. He actually started as a PB intern. Oh, wow. you know what? I thought he looked familiar. Yeah. Okay. Um, he used to work at the state house, so he's really familiar with the budget process. I think out of everyone in the office, he's sort of going like, "This isn't so bad. It's not the state, right?" Um, when we're in our <laughs> we most, have so much money, right? Yeah, exactly. When we're in our most stressful time, he worked on the police department budget this year. Oh, which that I think must was have re- been a really difficult one to work on. They really difficult, but really it. interesting. Yeah. The creation of the new departments, yeah. and really getting his armor on things. He was also the, the door lead, hardware, the door hardware, mm-hmm. critical infrastructure. Um, he was also the lead for mini bonds the first year that it started. So he's sort of our mini bond guy. Uh, then lastly, Matt Nelson, who has worked for the city for seven years. He was previously uh, Mayor Henrietta Davis's chief of staff, and then he worked at the police department. He's our newest budget member, uh, and he's taking over the role as PB coordinator. Matt has a ton of institutional knowledge about the city growing up here and then working here for the past six or seven years. So he's been just so helpful on going, okay, Matt, we're throwing you into the fire. Here's your first budgets. Go nuts. And he's out with departments, and he's talking, and he's really picked it up really quickly. And the four of them together are just a force to be reckoned with. That's The book gets compiled not just by me, but by the entire office. I'm going, all right, let's roll our sleeves up. Let's do this. So well, it's it so- good. It sounds like you have a really great team. It's great. It's so lucky to like walk into a new role and feel totally supported by your team. Yeah, they're great. It's good. I'm definitely fortunate. That's great. Yeah. 
Cool. Well, is there anything else you want to talk to us about the budget? Maybe some, do you have a funny story? Do I have a funny story about the budget? I mean, I think it's mostly been a lot of uh, me figuring things out, which is less funny for others, more funny for my <laughs> own anxiety. It's funny behind your back. It's, yeah, it's funny yep. to others about as I learn through this. Um, no, I think it's just the sheer scale. I'm constantly um, texting my old boss, Mayor Kim Driscoll, who will listen to this podcast because she is supportive. Hey, yes. Kim. She's supportive of the women are here. Um, she's supportive of women, period, which is why I get to be budget director in Cambridge because she took a chance and let me be CFO in Salem. Um, I'm constantly texting her going, you will never guess how much this budget is. <laughs> this is amazing. Or like, we got to get some more money in Salem. Can we do something like to get this project moving? Or, you know, you should see what CDD is doing because she is a urban planner by background. So yeah, I think funny stories are more just me constantly picking my job off the floor and how cool everything is here and thinking, man, if we had this kind of money in Salem of what we could have done. Right. right? Well, we, I just feel really grateful that you're here. Yeah, me too. Um, mostly, me too. you know, for the city of Cambridge, but also as, as the first time we've gone through this process, it's very intimidating. I mean, this book, you know, looking through this book and trying to figure out where everything is and, and all the questions you want to ask and, um, and, and trying not to feel really dumb about asking yeah. some questions that, you know, maybe you're supposed to know. I don't know. So I'm grateful that you're here. Thank you for helping us walk yeah. through this process. And um, we really appreciate it. I mean, this is, it, it's not easy. Uh, and, no, but like as nerdy as this may sound, right? This book speaks to the priorities of the city. It, it yeah. sets the priorities for the city. And you as the council are so integral in establishing goals and really pushing departments to, to do this sort of meaningful work. So I think it's big. It's robust. There's a lot of tedious questions that I'm happy to answer for anyone. Um, but it, it's it's a big financial document that happens to provide the you know the big important meaningful things that get done over the city over the course of the year. And before we wrap up, um, free cash comes up a lot. It does. Uh, yeah. So it'd be so great. We stopped by to get some free yeah. cash, but it didn't. Apparently, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. What was budget the, office? Was yeah. <laughs> I have. I always thought free cash was sort of like Scrooge McDuck's closet, right? Yes. That you could just go in there and it was gold coins. Because you, you have like a bank. I do. Yep. Yeah. I have a vault. Oh, you have a vault yeah. right outside your yeah. office. So I thought that's where it would be. No. That's where we keep the free no. cash. No, oddly not. Um, so, you know, free cash is the excess revenue over expenditures that are budgeted. And Cambridge, being so smart and so fiscally responsible, has had the good fortune of growing their free cash number. And I think it's important to note that free cash allows the city to do a lot of really great things outside of the property tax burden, right? So it helps. It's a good amount of money, um, but it's a good amount of money that's been there because of good fiscal stewardship. And I think that's important to note. Having that kind of free cash balance helps the city's, you know, rating profile. It gives us a stronger, we have a triple A, three triple A's. Quick plug for the triple A's, which is amazing. Um, that's so many triple A's. It's so many triple A's. It's so, it's so impressive and awesome. Um, and I feel like it's impressive and awesome to me. As an, I still feel like an outsider even saying that because it's just so um, great. But yeah, I think the free cash number is, it does get talked about a lot, but it's also funded some great things and it's going to continue to fund some really important projects as the next couple of years go forward. I'd like some later. <laughs> Same, yeah. We wanted to go to the movies. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for being here. Uh, we've learned so much and we hope that you, our listeners have too. Absolutely. Thanks guys. Thank you.
So we have a bunch of events coming up and we wanted to make sure our listeners, all 20 of them, were <laughs> able to join us. So this weekend we'll be having an affordable housing rally. This term, the number one goal of the Cambridge City Council is the creation of affordable housing in our city. And to bring awareness to this issue and help achieve this goal, the council and the mayor's office has designated May 1st through 8th as an affordable housing week of action in partnership with the National Low Income Housing Coalition. So these weeks are happening all across the country. As part of this week of action, we'll be holding a rally on Saturday, May 5th at 1 p.m. at the City Hall steps. And we really would love for you to join us. Um, Afterwards at 2 p.m., we're going to be going to Senate Park and there'll be fun activities and so forth. And at the rally, we'll have some great speakers. We have some really good speakers. Um, Congressman Mike Capuano will be there, Senator, State Senator Boncore, um, two of our state representatives, Mike Connolly and Jay Livingstone. And then we've got representatives from our two affordable housing advocate groups, um, A Better Cambridge and the Cambridge Residence Alliance. So it's going to be a great speaking program, people all just talking about the importance of um, building and preserving affordable housing here in our city and kind of talking about what we want our city to look like. So please join us. Definitely. And then there's some, um, on Sunday, there's a couple of great events. Uh, the first one I sent the Central Square Flea, which happened last summer. Um, it was only once a month last summer. Now it's going to be a weekly event on Sundays and they're moving the location. So it's no longer going to be on Prospect Street, but it's going to be back um University Park, which is where that Star Market was, um, down sort of towards South Mass Ave. And it's a big grassy area. It's beautiful. Lamplighter Brewery, which um, is creating a central flea beer. And so they'll have a beer truck and it's going to be really fun. Definitely come down. Um, It's happening every Sunday. I think it's 11 to 5, uh, but I'll definitely tweet about it because there's... Did you go last year? I did. It's so fun. It's so fun. And there's like great um artisans that go and sell their stuff and then there's usually food trucks and now with the you know beer truck it's gonna be popping it's gonna be lit as <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh <laughs> all right please don't do that again <laughs> you sound like my son <laughs> i'm just kidding so uh in addition to that we have mayfair happening in harvard square starting at 12 and goes till six and mayfair growing up here was just like the highlight for us in high school we'd love we love we loved it so uh, it's there's going to be a lot of vendors. There'll be a lot of food, a lot of performances. Um, so please go and support um, the the businesses that are going to be out there. Yeah, I hope it's going to be a nice day, and you should definitely go to both the Central Square Fleet and Mayfair. And you know what else is happening this Sunday is the Walk for Hunger. Oh my God, yeah. And it walks right down Memorial Drive. So um, I'm going to be out there greeting um, greeting walkers as they come back over the line. It's you know that's. That's a program that's near and dear to my heart. They um, Project Bread raises a lot of money and then grants it out to you know anti-poverty and um, food insecurity groups here in, in Massachusetts. And they're a huge, huge partner in, in my work. And so I'm excited to be there to support them. I'm just trying to figure out how to do all three of those things on Sunday. Yeah, I would love to do all of those. I need to get my scooter out. I know, well, yeah. you need, yeah, that foot, man, is oh, it's bringing it's, you down. It really is. I have a boot now, so I, mean, I like the boot. Thank you. Hopefully, it'll go away soon. But yeah, I, you know, please go and enjoy all of this on my behalf. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea. Just send a bunch of people. Then yeah. you just stay home and watch Friends. Oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know me so well. Or the new Handmaid's Tale. Oh yeah. I watched the first episode. I thought I was gonna die. It is so scary. 
Okay, I have never seen it. What? I know. Oh, yeah. Okay, on that note, I'm going to go home and watch <laughs> Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> All right, everybody. We will see you next week, um, and we can talk about city council stuff. Yeah. All right. Have a great week. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.